morning, everybody. Thank you for being at our first service uh, today. Let's just take a moment to pray to come around the world. Father God, we come before you. We thank you, Lord. We're gathered in your house. Then on this chilly morning, Father God, we know that we are in here. For Father, we believe you have something to say to us as we pray every Sunday. Uh, we come around your living word. Uh, for it teaches us, it challenges us, it encourages us. And Father, we pray that it would do that this morning, Father, as we continue on. Father God, looking at the words that you have uh, written to us, Lord, through the Gospel of Matthew. And so, Father, we just pray for this time now and ask for your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are continuing on with our sermon series through Matthew. We've got to Matthew 13. And um, we, uh, this is uh, the chapter that's talking about parables. That Jesus is speaking in parables to the people. And parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Stories from everyday life to illustrate spiritual truths. And their purpose was to make spiritual truths clearer to the hearers. So from this point on, uh, Jesus is only speaking uh, to people in parables. He's telling them uh, stories uh, that some of them have no interest in grasping who Jesus is and what Jesus has to say. Uh, so Jesus begins to speak to them in these parables. And the parable we're looking at today is a parable of the treasure uh, that's hidden in the field. And this is something all of us can relate to uh, because uh, treasure represents to each and every one of us, as it did to people then, what we deem the most valuable things in our life and the most important things in our life. Uh, those things that we seek after, and if you want to know uh, what those are in your life, what you need to do is look at where you spend your time, where you spend your money, and also how you make your decisions. Those three things really cover the things that we value as the treasure in our life. It's what we hold dear. Be different for all of us. Um, and there'll be things that we would sacrifice doing one thing for to pursue our treasure, to pursue that which is of value. And so for each and every one of us, it's going to be very different and stuff. But Jesus speaks to this, and always with the Word of God, there is something that Jesus speaks that is... Uh, that he speaks then, but is relevant to us now, uh, here, this morning. Now, Jesus has already addressed the, the idea of treasure already, previously in Matthew, uh, when he, he, he says this in Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21, where we did the Sermon on the Mount. He says this, he says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus is teaching us two important things already. The first one is this. Don't store up treasure for yourself on earth, which is... What people do, isn't it? It's what we all do, in a sense. We work our whole lives to attain material things or treasure that we simply can't take with us. I mean, I've said this before when we did the sermon series on Timothy. We do all of this 
to leave it to our kids, don't we? That's really what we do. Everything that we earn, everything that we, we attain and stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we love our kids, don't we? We can think of nothing more we'd like to do than to leave them all the stuff to help them and stuff. But Jesus is using this and he's saying, because what people are doing, I'm thinking that the treasure that they attain here on earth is the thing that matters. That's the important thing. And Jesus is comparing it and saying, actually, see the stuff that you get here, you, you can't take it with you. There is a better treasure in heaven that awaits you, eternal life, the kingdom of God, which is what we will come unto. And he's saying this, don't store up for yourself here on earth. But he says this second thing, which is so important as well, which is this. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. That's one of those things that hit us right here, because we're like, hold on a second. He's saying this, and he said, well, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And he's saying this to a group of people who don't have as much material possessions as we probably do in this day and age. I mean, it still applies to us today that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Uh, and so we centre our lives on the things that we value the most. And if you're not sure what your treasure is today, he said, well, let's look at this. He says, each of us have the same amount of time in a week. We have 168 hours in a week. And it says, often we'll say, I don't have time, or there's not time for this, or my time is better spent doing this, and so, but we've all got the same amount of time. None of us has more time than the other person. You know, we may say to people sometimes, oh, you have more time than I do. Actually, that's not true. None of us have more time than any of us. We might do different things with our time, but we all have the same amount of time. So once we add up, what do we do with that time? Maybe that would be a chance. Maybe if we actually started to write down. Now, I thought to myself, I thought, listen, as a preacher, you've got to preach what you practice, you've got to practice what you preach. So I have done this for the last seven days. I am shocked where I spent my time. I'm not going to put it on the screen. I'm not going to tell you. But I'm actually shocked myself when I looked at it. And I would turn around and say, oh, I don't always have the time. I'm a busy man and stuff. Though some of you think I only work on a Sunday. But I'm a busy man and stuff. And actually, when I stopped and I wrote down how long I slept for, how, how long I worked for, how, how long I ate for. That wasn't the main thing of the week. But how long I did the things that I did. How long I read my Bible for, how long I prayed for, and stuff. Actually, I was quite shocked. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe there's some readjustment there as far as my treasure goes, as where I spend my time. But then, okay, we'll look at that. And then, you know, the thing we value the most, and we'll look at this, our treasure. The next thing, check your bank accounts. Oh, dear me, like, you might look at this now and think to yourself, because, you know, bank accounts come all itemised, don't they? They tell us exactly what we spend all our money on. And it's worse, isn't it? Because now it's all contactless with everything. So you can't go to the joint bank account, sneak a wee £20 note out to get your lunch every day, can you? No, you can't, because somebody's always watching. <laughs> And so what you do is you look at it and you itemise and look at it and then you look at it and say, where do I spend my money? 
And we look at it and say, well, how's that? Well, if I spend it here, here, here. No, I didn't do this with my money because it says I, I didn't need to. My money is well supervised, well looked after and stuff. So I didn't need to do that. I know exactly uh, what's being spent and I know exactly what I'm allowed to spend every week. Like some of the other husbands in here, don't you? Yep, there we go, yep, there we go. So we do, so we look at it and say, well, this sort of a scientist, but why is that treasure and stuff? You see, Jesus is using a comparison here where he said the treasures in heaven are treasures that no one can take from you. And he uses his parable in Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46, just simply these few verses, but he says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had and bought it. The people listening would have understood this. Uh, because the majority of them are sitting there listening. They're poor people. They were looking for almost a sense that treasure, that pearl. If we were to use a modern day example, they were looking for the six numbers coming up on a Saturday night, thinking that would change their life. And Jesus it does this, he speaks about the treasure, and his opening line is a description of the kingdom of God being like a treasure. Now we've described the kingdom as this as we go along. The first description is God's people in God's place under God's rule. We're not waiting for the kingdom in a sense to come. Says the kingdom is here, there was a present aspect of it and a future aspect of it as we looked in previous weeks. But it's now it's God's people in God's place under God's rule. It can also be described as this, that it's a spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who willingly submit to God's authority, acknowledge the Lordship of Christ and surrender to God's word. So it's not a physical kingdom in a sense, but a spiritual kingdom that we are part of by the choices and the decisions that we have made as far as submission goes, acknowledgement goes, and surrendering goes. He said that's what makes us part of the kingdom because we do all of those things. And Paul writes his description in Romans 14 verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus comes and he compares the kingdom of heaven to a treasure found hidden in a field. Now, when we read this, we would look at it from this point of view. You know, the man who finds a treasure does not simply take it. I mean, if I was walking across a field and I found a treasure chest or, or something, the first thing I would do would be lift it. I mean, it's like if you ever find a wallet. You know, if you find a wallet, what you do is you lift it, you throw all the ID away, so no, but no, you don't. You check to see who the owner of the wallet is. It says that's what you do. It says you look at it and, and you pick it up. And, and I found a wallet once and, and stuff. It wasn't my own, it was somebody else's, but had ID in it. So I went and delivered it uh, to them. We found it. It was lying in the middle of a road between... Lan and Carrick. And the first thing you see, as I saw the wallet sitting in the middle of the road, is, I wonder if there's any money in it. That's the first thing I thought. Now, don't you all look at me and judge me, because you all would have thought the same as well. 
He says you would look at it and say, is there anybody in it? So we found, we stopped, we got this wallet, we found the address and stuff. And I thought to myself, I thought, if I go and deliver this wallet to the person's house, because he's got all his bank cards in, it's his driver's license, his everything and that, the least I could expect in my human nature, and your human nature, because you would have done the same, is what's the reward? That's what we would have thought, wouldn't it? We would have thought to ourselves, just said, that would be my one good deed for the day, you know, but some of you sitting there judging me, but you would have done the same. You would have looked at it and thought, what's my reward? Finding this wallet. So I went to the house uh, in a little village called Glynn, which is just between Lan and Carrick. I knocked on the door and I said, hello, sir. I said, first thing I said, have you lost anything? And now at first, because he doesn't realise he's lost anything, and I turn up at his door, he must think, oh my goodness, who is this weirdo standing at my door and stuff. And I said, listen, I have found your wallet. And then suddenly he realised he dropped it, it was on a motorbike, it had fallen out of his back pocket and stuff on the road and stuff. We'd found it, I'd brought it to the door. He says, I found your wallet. He said, I didn't even realise it was missing, he said. And he says, so I said, there's your wallet. He says, thank you very much, son. And then he closed the door on me. <laughs> and then I did the Christian thing. I prayed for him. I blessed him and I walked away and stuff. And I realised that here, as you go back to the story, the man who finds the treasure does not simply just take it. What he does, he leaves it there. He sells everything he has. He buys the field in order to get the treasure that's in it. You see, it's not the field that is the value. The value in the field is in the treasure that is found. And suddenly this discovery of this treasure, it, it suddenly relates to the kingdom of heaven. Because actually when we look at it and say, well, how does this relate to us? And I thought to myself, I thought, often at times when we look at the the, the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the life that we live and stuff. I thought, all we have really is a treasure. It's a discovery that, that God loves us, has sent his son to die for us. He says that we're free from guilt and shame. That's a treasure. I mean, when we think about it, we carry the burdens of life and we carry the burdens uh, of our Christian faith and stuff. But actually what God has done for us is, is this incredible treasure. It says, well, we have attained that treasure. It says, that joy within us, the Holy Spirit leading us. And Jesus compares the discovery, not of the field, but of the treasure to the kingdom of heaven, to people who need to hear it. Because the problem with the people who'd heard it, they had thought the field was the treasure. The religious bit, what the Pharisees on all of that had taught them and stuff. And they're looking at it and saying, it's not that great to be religious. It's not that great to be part of this system of, of, of keeping the rules and keeping the laws. And Jesus says it's not about the field. It's about the treasure that's in the field. Because the treasure is like the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is this, as we've said. It's that surrendering and acknowledging uh, and, and giving our lives over to God. And you see, we look at it here and say, well, why would he put treasure in the field? Well, it was common in that area. You know, there were no banks then. You could go and give it and put it in a bank for safekeeping and stuff. Not even sure we could do that now for safekeeping. But at the end of the day, back then, you couldn't do that. 
and stuff. So people would have buried the valuables in the ground. They would have done that. And Jesus uses this tremendous example that the kingdom is like this priceless treasure to be desired above all else. Not almost as an attachment onto our lives, which some people take it as that and, and they don't understand it. It's actually, it's a priceless treasure. That both men found something and then gave everything to attain what it is they'd found. They actually found the treasure, then found the pearl, and then they gave everything to attain what it is they'd found. Why? Because they both realised what they'd found was to be of greater value of anything that they had got in their life up to that point. Isn't that the gospel in a nutshell for people when you preach it? That actually when people hear the gospel, it's sharing with them, actually there is something of greater value than anything you've got in your life at the moment. Not that everything in your life at the moment is worth nothing, but actually there's something greater than that. And that's their hidden treasure of the kingdom of God. You see, nothing of value is ever found by those who are not looking. Jesus encourages through the Gospel of Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God, to look for it. Seek and you shall find. Something can be found if you are looking for it. Uh, and here, uh, what we see with both of them in this, and I think this is a challenge for us as it comes to what Jesus is teaching, is this. They sold all and everything not some and anything. They sold all and everything, not some and anything. Because Jesus is giving them the challenge to simply say, it's not just about giving a part. It's not just giving about some things. It's actually about giving everything. Not some and anything, but all and everything. That which costs us nothing is usually worth nothing and accomplishes nothing. Both he who found the treasure in the field and he who found the great pearl made that decision, made that choice that what they had found was of greater value than what they had got and decided that what they needed to do was not to see how much stuff they could sell to acquire and attain what they'd found but realised actually giving everything and selling everything was worth it for the treasure and the pearl that they had found. What a challenge that is for us as believers today. The challenge it is for us because I live sometimes, if not most of the time, in the some and anything rather than the all and everything. That actually that's me, that I can live in that some and anything. What's the least I can do? What's the least I can give? What is the, the, what's a less amount that I can do that just gets me across the line in a sense? And with Jesus, there's no across the line. He says he tells his story to listeners who need to understand this and actually listen, these two men represent those who sold all and everything to acquire something that was better and of more value and of more value than what they already have. It, it wouldn't be good enough to do some and anything. And so Jesus is teaching three things here in this parable. The first one is this. This treasure is worth trading for everything a person owns. They would have understood this. Immediately their, their eyes would have picked up. Sorry, their ears would have picked up. 
uh, to what Jesus was saying uh, because they understood, yeah, I, I want to be rich. I, I want that which is a value in my life. Uh, and Jesus is sort of saying, he said, this treasure is worth trading for everything a person owns. There can be no discipleship or following him or inheriting the kingdom unless people trade everything that they own in order that they can come into possession of it. And the second thing he teaches them is this, is this treasure is worth the cost of everything we have in this life. Now, when we read that, we look at it and say, what were you saying? We've got to give up everything. Don't hear people say, you know, when it comes to what we give and stuff. Listen, he says, Jesus is primarily teaching them about lordship. That's what he's teaching them. When he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. What Jesus is most primarily interested in is the lordship in people's lives. He's not interested because people can give up everything, but he's still not be the lord of their lives. He says Jesus is teaching them that actually when you may be lord of your life, it just means everything is in second, third, fourth place. But it's there for a reason. It's there for a reason because God does a better job in our lives with the stuff that we have than we can ever do and so when he asks us to make him lord of our lives it's for a reason and the reason is to make him lord to acknowledge to surrender to give our lives to give him the all and everything not the sum and anything so it's not saying that oh we have to go out today and sell everything that we have uh, and, and, and do that no it's not saying that it's talking about lordship because lordship is a bigger challenge. Because often when people feel that challenge, what they can do is say, well, if I give this, that will be enough to give me the peace that I need. Or that will be enough to, to do the things that need to be done. But that, that's not what this is about. This is about the lordship of Christ in people's lives. It's about the kingdom of heaven and its inhabitants and the people that belong to it. Finding the treasure in the field because it's of more value than anything they have in life at the moment. And then the third thing that we see is his treasure is worth giving up everything in order to be a part of the kingdom. Sometimes you listen to people before they make that decision or that they, they consider it salvation and they say, well, I don't know if I could give up the stuff that I do. And I often think to myself, because it's a question I, I, I said before I got saved at 21, if only they knew. If only they knew. I mean, that's the reality of it, isn't it? I mean, if only they knew. There's just no comparison, is there? There's no comparison of what we had before to what we have now. We think on being asked to give up a lot. We're really not. We're really not. We're really not when it comes to it. If they only knew the blessing, the life, the purpose, the feeling, everything that God has for us on the other side of us getting saved, of salvation. He says, if they only knew. And that's a treasure, isn't it? That's a treasure of the security, the assurance, the certainty of everything that God gives us in a sense as we are part of the kingdom. There is no comparison Oh, what happens if I have to give up this? What happens if I have to stop doing this? What happens if, if, if these friends don't accept me? All the stuff that we think matters on that side, 
whenever we get what God gives us on the other side, that none of it seems to matter. None of it seems to matter because we have attained a treasure that is of far greater value than anything that we had before. Anything, but by a mile, by a huge amount, we have this treasure. See, the value of what we gain in eternity is far above what we can experience in this short earthly life. And that's a treasure that, that gives us a probably this quote that I've used before when it says salvation is free and it costs us nothing which it doesn't because Christ has paid the price discipleship is expensive and it costs us everything the challenge that God throws down to me to us today it says when we read this and it relates to our modern lives it says do we live in the sum and anything or do we live in the all and everything he says, that's a challenge. He says, how do we measure that? With our money, with our time, with our decisions. You know, whenever it comes to what goes on in the week, is it a priority to be in the house of God for the prayer, the Bible study? You know, that, that's the reality of it at the ground level. That's the reality of it in what we do. Because that's being part of the kingdom. Uh, and that's how we determine where our treasure is and, and things like that. It, it, even... Even being tired is not an excuse to not be at something. It says, we come to pray, we come to study the word and stuff. Because that's our treasure. That's a value of what it means to follow God. You know, when, when, Paul, writes, uh, when Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 3, he really sums this up. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Because we're going to finish with a, with a response today for all of us. Paul writes this in Philippians 3. This really sums up the treasure. Whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. What an amazing challenge. That is uh, amazing words for Paul. And, and, and Paul, before he, he met Christ on the Damascus Road, he probably had everything in an earthly sense. Had everything. Uh, and suddenly he meets Christ. And then he just simply says this as a testimony. He says, everything else is rubbish. Everything else is of no value. And because of that, he doesn't give the sum and anything. He gives the all and everything for this reason. And this is the key to the treasure of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven in those last words that I may gain Christ. That I may gain Christ. Is that not the, the truth of it, the reality of it for each and every one of us today? It says that I may gain Christ everything else be pushed to the side the difficulties the challenges the things that we think matter sometimes the ambition the desire the goals the attainment the acquirement of everything all of that be pushed to the side because the goal of being part of the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven said I may gain Christ that's my that's my goal that's our goal that I 
may gain Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we, we, we come before you. We thank you for the treasure that you have given each and every one of us in sending your son Jesus Christ to the cross that we would know forgiveness not in a theoretical way but in a real practical way of being here today in church knowing that we are forgiven we are loved and we are accepted we thank you for that treasure of knowing that we belong to you we belong to your kingdom this morning Father when we think of the value that we attach to things in life it is nothing compared to those words that Paul gives that echoes our church this morning that we may gain Christ that he above all else is the real treasure and the true treasure and the treasure that we hold on to today we just thank you for that Father as we come now to worship we ask Lord that, that without us praying for one another without us doing anything other than doing individual business with you Father would you help us Father God Father if we're living in the shop and anything rather than the all and everything Father, if there are things that need to be readjusted, Lord, allow us and your spirit to do it in our lives now as we make ourselves open and available to you. Lord, would you minister to lives in the time that we have left as we respond to you through the worship that we now bring. In Jesus' name, Amen.